Welcome to the Hero Builder Podcast, where we celebrate the hero in everyone. We go on a journey to discover the skills in every hero. Welcome to the Hero Builder Podcast, where we celebrate the hero in everyone. And we never run out of heroes to celebrate, uh, do we, Stacey? Oh, absolutely not. I think the world is full of uncelebrated heroes, boys. Well, we're getting ready to celebrate one of those heroes today, and so if you don't mind, I'm going to turn the show over to you and uh, let you just take over. Absolutely. I am so honored. And like Boyd said, what we do here at the Hero Builder is we try to recognize and celebrate everyday people that do extraordinary things in the lives of all of us. And so without further ado, I would love to present and introduce you to our guest, Stephen Ness, and he's joining us an anesthesiologist from New Zealand. Very welcome, Stefan. How are you today? Oh, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm honored, and I'm very, very well. It is 7 o'clock in the morning here. It is a bit of an overcast day in New Zealand, but there is a smile on my face because, firstly, I can connect with beautiful people like you, and B, uh, if I recall back, let's say, uh, eight years ago or so, this would have been not the same feeling in me. I would have been hungover, I uh, would have been bleary-eyed, probably still full of rest alcohol, and would have been not the nicest person to be around. And uh, to to see this difference, uh, it just puts a big smile on my face now that I'm thinking about it. So thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> you are so welcome, and thank you for joining us and for being willing to share who you are and who your story, what your story is about with us. So can you tell us, Stephen, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you became this man that you are today? <laughs> well, normally, so you are asking, you're asking normally the, the, the questions, you know, um, who is your lifelong hero? And I actually, a lifelong hero, I was pondering that a little bit, and I was thinking, hmm, how does that fit with my story? Because my story is that of a, of a man who has had his fair share of trauma throughout his life, who defined himself by the top work that he was doing. I was proud to be an anesthetist or anesthesiologist. I was proud to be, to be the man, the go-getter, the guy who can work 16, 18 hours and then some. The guy who goes, 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 and then crashes. Uh, I was not proud of the crashing, but, but it's the burnout and, and all that kind of thing that goes along with being this kind of type A personality. And for me, sooner or later, alcohol became not just a bit of a love affair, but became actually a very steady partner uh, who took over more, more of my life. So I'm nowadays 54, and until my mid-40s, it was basically working to burn out, and then uh, as soon as I possibly could, have a glass of wine to unwind. And... Somewhere along these lines of me growing up and becoming the person I was, very successful in, in my career, I actually lost myself. Mm-hmm. And I became a high-functioning alcoholic who really was emotionally retarded and who was alone out there, full of shame, full of guilt, 
who was hiding his drinking, who was hiding the life that he was living. And it was a very lonesome and helpless and hopeless living that I, I had. It was not nice whatsoever. Mm. So this was the story up until mid-40s when my wife one day behind my back had organized an admission to a rehabilitation hospital here in New Zealand. And she basically told me, you have no choice. Uh, we have spoken to your workplace. You are on medical leave now. And on Friday, you're going to be admitted to Capri Hospital in Auckland, and you will go into rehab. And luckily, the stupid me recognized that this was my one chance. And whilst mm. I felt embarrassed and humiliated and, and oh my God, where do we get the money from, and all these kind of things. I ended up in rehab, and it was one of the absolutely best things ever in my life. Right. To a degree that I, I, if I had to say, I would insist that every teenager would have to have four weeks in rehab, regardless if they have started using or not. I don't care if they are bloody uh, virgin mary holy in in any kind of beautiful church no everyone needs to learn how to deal with their negative emotions and their their all the challenges that life will throw at you and i did not learn you know, that until i was yeah 45 Stephen, i couldn't agree with you more as a, mm. as a parent of a child who walked through addiction starting at age 15 and found recovery mm. the day before her 21st birthday. Uh, we, mm. we joined her. We went to recovery with her as a family on the weekends because we recognized it was a family problem and there was no way we could mm. expect her to be the only thing different and, and for that Absolutely. to be successful. And so I, I agree. I think it ought to be a class your junior year of high school, right? You have to take four mm. weeks in health of, of recovery just so... One of the things that we've talked about on this podcast is that recovery is the moment that you decide you just have to get better. And we recover from lots of things. We recover from substance abuse and from alcohol, but also from depression, from grief, from, from mm. fear, from so many different things. So thank you so Absolutely. much for sharing that story with us on your path to recovery. So is there anyone that you can identify within that? I'm going to say maybe your wife, if I'm telling your story. Who do you identify through that path of recovery that, was it was you can stand as a divine inspiration to you through that path to show you that light on the other side and that's that's exactly the the difficulty i had because there's not one person but for me the hero is a is a uh, is a a mixture of all those addicts and alcoholics i met who were in recovery and who were now modeling this new life. When I was in, in Capri, everyone there was an alcoholic or a drug addict. Everyone, the nurses, bar two doctors, everyone that worked there was previously lost, helpless, hopeless, all that. They all had turned their life around. Counselors, psychologists, you name it. And they were open and honest about it. And it was this this honesty, this transparency, this 
integrity and humility that was displayed every day in the simple actions where no one needed to say anything about it but just living a life full of purpose and full of joy and full of laughter that was so Amen. beautiful so i think my 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 ideal hero is really this, this congregate of of all these beautiful people who have managed to hit recovery and yes. bruised, battered, full of scars, inside and outside, they have decided to turn their life around. Sometimes kicking and screaming in the first first few days, but down the line they actually continued the path. And that is such a beautiful achievement that must be that must be the achievement in someone's life, if you think about it. So my heart goes out to all those alcoholics out there who are now sober and who live with their past and have come to terms with their past and are now hopefully spreading the word by simply uh, living, uh, walking the walk, not just talking the talk, so to speak, by actually demonstrating the new, the new them and the new way of of living a life so great that really yesterday becomes jealous of today that is these are my true heroes the alcoholics who got their shit together mm. you know as i as we walked through recovery with my daughter and it took me into a path of 12 11 years in that field in the adult mental health mm. substance abuse and recovery programs with adults and adolescents I agree with you. There is a level of integrity and of transparency and of honesty within that group, within that sect of people that is nowhere else. Mm. I, I have such honor for that. I, I've said for a long time, if I had 25 employees, that would almost be on my application. Have you been through recovery? Right, because I would want you as an employee. <laughs> right, because you know the so, other side. So true. Right. Exactly, you know, So true. Yeah, I would want to know if you've been through it, and if you have, then yes, you're top of my list. If not, we'll send you through, and then you can be the second wave. I totally agree with you on that part. <laughs> Phenomenal recognition. Because we have done the hard work. We have done the hard work. It is, it's just a matter of fact that, you know, one-third of the population will end up with a major depressive episode. And right now, one in five or even more young women have got a label or, and a true diagnosis of anxiety disorder. Well, they haven't gone through the learning. They still need to learn. They still need to do all the hard work that then impacts on you as an employer. So how about taking those people who already have learned the lessons the hard way and have come out the other side and are now shining, shining candles in the darkness for others? Hey, you know, I 100% agree with you. These are my heroes. Uh, they are my heroes. Recovery would be on my list of heroes, just the process. <laughs> my daughter went through a quality recovery program, enough that she's been sober now, clean and sober, 14 years, and they still call her wow. every six months and go, how you doing? Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So that follow-up, that, how important do you feel like that community is to your recovery? Could you do it alone? No, you can't do it alone. Uh, because there's, I mean, I was not, not, not the dumbest tool in the shed, okay? I, 
I consider myself reasonably intelligent. But did I did I see what was going on in myself? Hell no, hell no. Alcohol is uh, is a such a weird thing, and drugs are doing the same. They basically convince you that you have no problem. And with that, I was not alone. Ninety-five percent of alcoholics out there are absolutely, utterly, totally convinced that there's nothing wrong with them, and that's what the alcohol is speaking to them in their head. It is the that is the key. So therefore. Yeah, that is hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is that your brain does not want to go to the really dark places, to the to the the pain. So that's why we are drinking. That's why we're using. We want to get rid of that pain. So not only do you now stop medicating the pain, but you also now suddenly have to deal with it, and you have no idea how to deal with PTSD, how to recognize it, see the implications of the trauma that you maybe as a child had and what that meant to you now. You cannot do that alone because you need someone who knows a little bit more than you about that because otherwise you would have in the first place not ended up where you were. So now you need someone or a bunch of people who know what they're talking about and who can guide you. That can be psychologists, psychiatrists, your GP, uh, sponsors from the, the program that you have got. But one way or the other, you, there is a lot to be said about the, the techniques that are taught in various programs because you need to learn them because the challenges will not stop coming in your life. You need to learn what to do when the next anxiety attack hits you or when you have that cravings that you could, for crying out loud, you just simply need to have that drink. Well, what do you do? So those kind of things, you cannot learn from a book. You, you can get an inkling, but you need to talk to someone who actually has been there, done that. And therefore, you need that connection. And the moment you start building up connections with people who are like-minded and who can show you the way, then wow, that is where, where life really starts. So there is that aspect of connection. And then there is the other connection simply of you actually being there with someone else, meeting other people. There's this classic animal experiment where uh, rats were given the choice of either water or herring-laced water. And that was the choice for them. And so guess what? The, the rats went for the herring-laced water. So therefore, they said, oh, yeah, okay, see, herring is addictive. Then they changed the experiment, and they now created a Disney park for rats. And in this Disney park, there were other rats, wonderful rats, sexy rats, uh, cool, handsome rats, and they all had a, 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 a wonderful time. What rats do when they're alone and no one watches? And then, again, these rats in this Disney park had the choice between water and heroin-laced water. And guess what? They chose water. Because they were far too busy living a life of connection, living a life of fun, of running around, of... I don't know what rats do, but they, they had a good time, basically. <laughs> so if, Whatever they're doing, if it was you, fun. That's right, that's right. So, bottom line is, if you fill your life 
with joy and purpose and beautiful things if you focus on those things and by virtue of that you, you deal with the negative things and either put them to rest or uh, accept them for what they were and now move on um, if you can do that then suddenly alcohol does no longer really play such a role and that was I think the biggest eye-opener for me this crutch that I could not live without now has absolutely no meaning if at all it is it is yeah from now and then I think about a nice glass of wine and I imagine the condensation on the outside and I feel the heaviness of a beautiful crystal glass and all this kind of reminiscing. Yeah, okay, that's from now and then it comes through my mind. But I immediately recognized, yeah, okay, um, but then what would happen? Uh, it wouldn't be one glass, it would be one bottle. <laughs> uh, who am I kidding? Right. It would be two bottles or three bottles. And guess what my next day looks like? I would be absolutely oh, naked. I would be awful. I would be in, a, in an awful mood. I would be full of guilt and shame. And, oh, it, this day would be a write-off. For what? Right. Two hours? Right. An hour of fun? Oh, no. Not worth a trade-off. Stephen, no, none so whatsoever. <clears throat> I want to thank you for sharing your story and your transparency with us. And in the field that you're in, as a as an anesthesiologist, right, we have this belief that you're smart enough to know better, but alcohol doesn't care. Addiction doesn't care. No. Trauma doesn't care. Correct. It doesn't care who you are or how you live or how much money you have or what color you are. It just is. So with your so knowledge, true. with with your path that you mm-hmm. have walked and where you are today, if this was your moment to make a statement to the world, what would your T-shirt say? <laughs> The past does not equal the future. It would actually be a very big T-shirt, in all fairness. Um, probably sort of a 12XL to get everything on there. But uh, it would be somewhere along the lines, the past does not equal the future. You can do it. You, you are it. not alone. Yeah. And Stephen, the, I, can't th- I can't think of a better yeah. way to close. I know that we are working with your time, being in New Zealand, and you've been so kind to give us your time, and I do not want to take an unfair advantage of that. So with two things, could you please let our audience know how they can reach you if they would like to connect to you and your program, and would you give us mm-hmm. our closing statement? Absolutely. For you out there, guys, do not give up. There is a good reason that you're listening to that because there's trauma and, and a heavy heart in, in your chest. Do not give up. You are not alone. You, are, you might feel helpless and hopeless now, but please, please, please reach out, find your tribe, find those people who are like you and have gone through similar trauma and learn from them what they did to get better because there is a beautiful life waiting for you. You just probably can't see it right now. And if you guys want to know a bit more about me, uh, you can go to my website, which is www.mystepstosobriety.com. I'm quite active in, on Instagram and all social media, apart from Twitter. Uh, and all my handles are My Steps to Sobriety. 
So look me up. I've written a book about my experiences. Again, the book title is My Steps to Sobriety, and it's out there in ebook and and normal format. So guys, there is there is help out there and if you don't know where to start you could do far worse than actually start with my book because I'm I'm laying out my story but I'm also laying out action plans and all the the tips and tricks that I've learned in the seven years now of successful recovery. We hope that today's show has heroified you in some way. Until we meet again, go out into the world and be someone's hero. If you know a hero that we need to talk to, email us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com.